Flinging away fox beard Lockers acting very weird Captain Pike, Cisco's wife Klingons and the afterlife Boimler, Tendi's dog Ransom is very harsh Four drive, black alert Giorgio has gone berserk Need your bad left, Edward is an idiot. Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It's Thursday night, July 28, 2022, and it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern Coast time. That means we're live. You can give us a call at 646-668-2433 and join in our conversation. We absolutely would love to hear from you, and we have so much cool stuff to talk about tonight. As you know, San Diego Comic-Con was last week, and so much Star Trek news came out of San Diego, and we are going to discuss all of it. So if you had a favorite part or something you enjoyed from the all the videos that we've seen, please give us a call and share that with us. We would love to hear from you, but before we dive right into all this Treklicious news that we have, I want to introduce to you guys my awesome Trek experts. So let's start off for a change in Las Vegas with Charles. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. Uh, I want to refresh. I was going to say, I think according to my watch, we only cracked. Yeah, we only cracked about a hundred today. But that's because we've been having a lot of monsoons passing through. So we got a pretty good, pretty good rain shower last night. Well, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I hope it's, it, it stays, stays cool. We want cool. Yeah, it'll warm back up next week. And uh, swinging over to Portland, we have our trifecta in Portland. We'll start off with David, the donut guy. How you doing, David? Staying cool. Out, uh, outside air is really hot right now, and... Uh, yeah. You know, good. <laughs> the temperature has dipped down into the 80s here, uh, which for Vermont, by the way, is hot. So I have a fan on right now. But it's uh, supposed to be really nice this weekend. And the next week, the heat rolls back in up into the 90s. But, hey, I'll take it better than three feet of snow. So that's cool. And also... From Portland, we have Paul, the wine guy. How you doing, Paul? Hey, Uncle Jim. Doing good out here, man. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. All kinds of good stuff. So, yeah, doing good. Glass half full. Yes, Glass more than half full. (laughs) It's it's Friday's Eve. That's how I like to think about it. Absolutely. That's right. And last but definitely not least, also in Portland, is our very own Eric. How you doing tonight, Eric? 
Oh, man, I am doing great. And that opening song really is my springboard into the beginning of starting to think about the weekend. So it's a special time every single week I hear that song. So happy to be here. Happy to be talking Trek, even though there ain't no Trek to talk about. Nope. Plenty of Trek to talk about. We got lots of Trek talking to do tonight. Although uh, the the Trek we're going to be talking about is Trek we haven't seen. So, but that's the fun. That's why we're fans. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, you guys can find all of our shows at podpage.com backslash Trek talking. And uh, every, all of our podcasts are there and uh, you can listen to them on various platforms as well. So please check that out. You can head over to our Facebook page at Trek talking and beyond spell that all out. Give us a like, Join our ever-growing Star Trek family, which as of right now stands at 108,792 followers, which is awesome. At the top of the page, you will see the Live Long and Prosper. All you got to do is bop in there and tell us where you're listening from. If you see a heart next to your name, from yours truly, Uncle Jim, that means you are going to be featured in a future fan shout-out. And your name will bounce around the, on the airwaves for all of eternity so that everybody knows that you listen to Trek Talking. So, Eric, why don't you get us started with our fan shout-outs? Uh, I'm excited, Jim. We've got some some folks maybe from places we haven't heard from before. I'm not sure. Uh, I've lost track of my little list, but we're saying hello to uh, one of our number one fans this week, Ivan Dejuric in Serbia. I don't know how many people from Serbia have said hello, but there are people in Serbia listening. So hello, Serbia. Thank you, Ivan, so much for listening to us and for supporting the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. We're also saying hello and sending out a big kapla to Algon Sezgin Tereti in Izmir, Turkey. I have not been to Izmir, Turkey. I have been to uh, Istanbul. It's not Constantinople, but uh, Izmir sounds wonderful as well. So, Algon, thank you so much for listening to us as well. Hello also this week to Francisco Niera in Guayaquil. Uh, how do you, I always mess up the pronunciation on this city. Guayaquil, Ecuador? I think it's Kiel. It, I think it's Guayaquil. 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 I think the Q is like a K sound, I think, if I remember. Guayaquil, Ecuador. Ecuador. Um, yes, Francisco, thank you so much for listening to us. Sorry about massacring your city's name. But I remember I've looked it up before uh, because we have had supporters from Guayaquil before, and I've mispronounced it before. I'm just <laughs> impressed that you've been to Istanbul, man. That's amazing. Oh, one of my favorite cities in the that whole world. That is amazing. We'll I'm super let's, let's envious. Go, let's go get a beer and talk about Istanbul because it's amazing. One of my favorite places. Uh, and uh, finally on my list, we're saying hello this week to Sylvie Pinadiz from Costa Rica. Sends us a little Costa Rican flag and a little live long and prosper symbol. So thank you, Sylvie, for listening to us as well. Charles, who would you like to say hello to? Well, let's start off with Julie Perkins in Phoenix, Arizona. Stay cool and dry, Julie. Dylan Southern. Southard from Arlington, Washington. Joel Kelly from Iowa, Captain Kirk's home state. And Adam Walton from Melbourne, Australia. I rarely get to meet any of the trekkies here. So you know what? Adam must with not the, know the guy. 
we have on the podcast that, that say hello, including the dude. The, mm-hmm. they, well, they, people must know each other or see each other or <laughs> be in a, an area with each other at it's some point. It's a big point. country, Jim. <laughs> and I just, it's a big country. It's a big country, and I hate to say it, but honestly, guys, the dude was probably on the podcast about three or four years ago, so we should probably let it go. <laughs> no. Never going. Never. Let it, let it go. <laughs> never, never, never. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How many times do we get callers from Australia? Uh, one time. The dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, we, got, we had Brazil, too, so. Yeah, that is true. Yep. And, uh, so David, Mr. who's on your list? Mr. Canal called us from uh, the UK when we were talking oh, we had about a few the... callers from the UK. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, right, so on my on list, list. I, you're up, David. I, I got Michael. Can you guys hear me? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, so I got Michael Moyne Jr. Yeah. From West Virginia. Uh, I also got Andrew Black from London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I got Ricky Old from Miami, Oklahoma. And top fan, Tom Kane from Dickinson, Texas. Oh, who's on your list? Well, my friend, all kinds of folks on our lovely planet here today. I'm going to start off with Yonkai Shien Victor, who is hailing us all the way from Asia. Now, Young Kai doesn't really identify where in Asia that he's hailing from. But if I just stretch out my sensors here, I'm pretty sure that you're located in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, if I'm not mistaken, Young Kai. I hope I've identified you correctly. But uh, we like to, you know, be, uh, be as true to our school as we can. So it's amazing that uh, we're reaching you there and uh, not amazing at all that Star Trek is reaching you. So wonderful. And thank you so much for listening. Also a mighty couple to Esteban Rodriguez Hernandez in Tres Rios, Costa Rica, one of the most beautiful and stunning places on the planet. I can't to visit there myself. I can't wait to, mm. I'm dying to see that place. Daniel Zepeda, Zepeda in Morelia, Mexico. Greetings, Daniel. And thank you so much for listening to us. And finally in the Czech Republic, I'd like to send great greetings and appreciative uh, salutations for listening to Duffy Zay in the Czech Republic. Jim, who do you got there more locally, amigo? Well, I have I have Essany Stanton from Bronx, New York. Might know Ray. You never know. So uh, thanks for listening in Bronx. Lester Horthinger Jr. from Bozeman, Montana. Kabla. Top fan, Lisa Sertruni. Uh, I got to make this bigger. It's tough to get old. Lisa Sertoni. 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 From Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, (laughs) mind you. Boston. 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 And finally, Kimberly Thomas from San Antonio, Texas, U.S. of A. And that wraps up our fan shout-outs. As I said, if you would like to hear your name on a fan shout-out, Head over to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond, and just give us a like and let us know where you're listening from. And check back for a heart next to your name 
from yours truly, and that means that you will be mentioned on a future fan shout-out. And with that, it's time for our very first commercial break of the evening. Hi there, this is Eric from Trek Talking. Do you own a business, produce a product, or are planning an event that would appeal to Star Trek fans? Would you like to harness the power of this podcast to get your message out to the world? We here at Trek Talking are a show made by fans for fans, and we would love to help you share your love of Star Trek on the air, live every Monday and Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern. Contact us through Facebook Messenger at facebook.com slash trektalkingandbeyond, or email us using the contact link on our website at podpage.com slash trek-talking. We can't wait to hear from you. Engage. Have you always wanted to tour the Enterprise? Would you like to meet Jim and Eric from Trek Talking in a live setting? Then join us August 19th through the 21st in Ticonderoga, New York for Trek Conderoga 2022. Star Trek The Next Generation stars Gates McFadden, John Delancey, and Brent Spiner will be headlining the event. Leading tours of the painstakingly recreated USS Enterprise TOS sets, participating in bridge chats, and much more. Trek Conderoga 2022 is your chance to meet some of your favorite Next Generation actors in a setting with small crowd sizes and easy accessibility to the stars. Don't forget to swing by the Trek Talking table to see Uncle Jim and Eric. We'd love to meet you. Engage. Don't miss Fandom Fest New York, featuring special guests, vendors, artists, esports, tabletop games, and so much more. Fandom Fest, a unique con experience at Proctor's, August 12th through 14th. And we're back. And what do you guys, both those conventions sound great, don't they? Oh, yeah. I, I want to go to both yeah, of them. I, I can only make one, but they both sound awesome. Yeah, I thought that uh, when we had Mike on the show last week, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting him at Fandom Fest. It's going to be cool. And of course, Treconderoga, you can meet Eric and myself there, and we're going to have Trek Talking t-shirts, we're going to have some Trek Talking coffee mugs, we're going to have some fun stuff for you guys. So if you're in the area, please swing by at Treconderoga and say hello to me and Eric. And we've got some great panels to do as well. Um, we're going to talk what? about... You guys, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. We're, we're going to talk about the evil admirals of Star Trek, and we're going to talk wow. about Klingons, and we're going to do a podcasting, The Final Frontier. So we're going to have some fun. So check us out yeah. if you can. And, Jim, I don't know if this is gross or cool in today's uh, world, but, uh, you know, if you shake my hand at the convention, you will have shook the only hand that will have shaken every hand uh, of everybody on the podcast at some point. I will have be the only person who has met every member of the podcast. In really? Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. The DNA of, uh, connection. I love the it. The DNA yeah. connection. So, you know, future, I mean, past uh, Charles handshaking may still exist on my hand. I mean, I've washed many times, but you never know. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, okay. And on that <laughs> note, guys, <laughs> it is time for Star Trek birthdays. Chao, 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 Chao,
That was not a Klingon song. I try to keep the birthdays down to 30, and I got it down to 27. Well, we added a, I, we're right around there. And we, all, <laughs> we had a couple of unexpected deaths, unfortunately, this week that we had to add on. So, yeah, at any rate, uh, we always start off our birthdays by, sadly, remembering those members of our Star Trek family who are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, this week we are going to remember several members of our Star Trek community who have gone before us. The very first is actor Ben Slack, who played the Klingon Katal in TNG's episode Redemption. Uh, fantastic episode. Uh, unfortunately, we lost Ben when he was 67 years old. Had a recurring role on Cagney and Lacey and was also in that inaugural pilot episode of another fantastic medical drama, St. Elsewhere, back in 82. So definitely an actor whose face we saw many times on television. Happy birthday, Ben Slack. We're also saying happy birthday to Jacqueline Brooks, who played Admiral Brand in TNG's episode, The First Duty. And in honor of her, I will make sure and add her to the Admiral's panel at Trek Condorogos, if you want to learn more about Admiral Brand uh, and whether we like her or don't like her, uh, character-wise, uh, come to our panel. But Jacqueline Brooks just did a great job with that role. Uh, that was, of course, in TNG's episode, uh, The First Duty. And uh, she also played supporting roles uh, in the thriller Whispers in the Dark, uh, The Good Son, and Losing Isaiah. So uh, a little bit of film underneath her belt as well. Happy birthday to Jacqueline Brooks. Happy birthday as well to Phyllis Douglas, who played Yeoman Mears in TNG's episode, The Galileo 7, another episode we love to talk about. Oh, man, um, I just watched that this week. I just did you really? That. Oh, yes. So there you it's go, one of my man. top uh, favorites. Serendipitous that it was her birthday this week. Uh, yeah, her, her birthday is the 24th. So did you watch on the 24th? What was that? That was uh, that was Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Uh, yeah. It might have been, man. It was either Sunday or Monday. I don't know. Oh, That's man, eerie. That'd be cool. That well, is uh, eerie. But yeah, it uh, still scares the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Seriously, right? It's like such a great episode. Well, Phyllis Douglas, um, you know, birthday last Sunday. Uh, made her acting debut uncredited in the movie of movies, Gone with the Wind, in 1939. Wow. Uh, so happy Gee. birthday to Phyllis Douglas. Yeah, that's some, that's some cred right there. Boom. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, happy birthday as well this week to Biff Elliott, who played Schmitter in TOS's episode, The Devil in the Dark, one of my favorites that I always like to talk about. Um, and he made Another his speech. Uh, just another fantastic one, right? But what is so cool is he's got this face, if you remember kind of what he looks like uh, in that role. He actually made his film debut playing Mike Hammer in the 1953 version of I, the Jury. So oh, he's got a Mike Hammer face. And, that's great. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's so cool. He had, was in a couple other films with Jeffrey Hunter as well back in the day. So Biff Elliott would have had a birthday this week. Uh, happy birthday as well to Catherine Hayes who played Jem in TOS's episode, The Empath, uh, appeared in many films and television shows, including The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Bonanza, The Virginian, and Night Gallery. So happy birthday to Catherine Hayes. Happy birthday as well to Celeste Yarnall, uh, who played Yeoman Landon. We've got a couple of Yeomans uh, this week, Yeo people. <laughs> uh, Celeste Yarnall uh, was in the TOS episode, The Apple, 
uh, another fantastic hairdo, like the braids around the, the long hair in the back. So, so super cool. Um, also appeared on one of my favorite shows from the 60s, Bewitched. Uh, was also on The Man from Uncle, Bonanza, and Paul, Land of the Giants. So, oh, yes. <laughs> so happy, <laughs> happy birthday to Celeste Yarnall. Happy birthday as well to Bruce Watson, who played Green in TOS's episode The Man Trap. Uh, one, of course, uh, we're familiar with. Isn't that the one that's the, they're actually the first uh, shown on television? It really the is, right? It's yeah. the first standalone after, like, Where No Man Has Gone Before. And you know what? He could almost really be the first red shirt, really. Uh, yeah. If you yeah. think about it. Because he point. makes those nasty comments about uh, Nancy Crater, right? It's like, yeah. She's coming on to me, Doc. Yeah, <laughs> And then it's like five minutes later, they find him, you know, in a crevice with blotch marks on his face. It's like, oh, yep. sorry. <laughs> Just wasn't wearing the red shirt, but probably should have been. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly. So he's kind of the first landing party member to, you know, just sort of generic Joe Crewman to, to meet his death, right? So, I mean, he might be. I don't know. I, I sense well, a, a research project, brother. I do feel like we need to go a little deeper on that one. So great role from Bruce Watson. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for that role. Happy birthday to him. Uh, his television debut in 1961 on My Three Sons. So was a boy actor, then became a slightly older person actor. But he can't be more than about, uh, well, we can do the math here, 21 years old when he appeared. Uh, no, 24 years old when he appeared in Star Trek. So there you go. Happy birthday, Bruce Watson. Happy birthday as well to Roger Holloway, who played Roger Lemley in TOS's episode uh, – uh, well, from many episodes <laughs> from the second right. or third season, he he, you know, his character Lemley, his name came from a combination of William Shatner's daughters, Leslie, Mulaney, and Elizabeth. So there you go, they mashed three names together. Wow. It became Lemley, and he was also James Dewan's stand-in and took over as Shatner's stand-in when Ed Paskey left the show. So this guy. Made it around the way. He had his own named character, and he was a stand-in for a couple of other characters. So one of those kind of unsung heroes, I think, of Star Trek, uh, Roger Holloway, would have had a birthday this week. And our final remembrance goes out to an actress who died, unfortunately, very young, aged 36 years old. Kelly Waymire uh, was lost to us back in 2003. She, of course, is best known uh, as Elizabeth Cutler in Enterprises Season 1 but actually had previously appeared as Lena in Star Trek Voyager's sixth season episode, Muse. Um, appeared in several other places, uh, was on a couple of uh, like uh, dramas and a couple of soap operas. Um, so uh, she unfortunately died early of, uh, of an undiagnosed uh, cardiac problem. So uh, her birthday would have been this week, Suzanne Waymire, a uh, fantastic role lost way too early. Uh, so happy birthday and remembrances going out to all of those who have gone before us. Um, I believe that Charles uh, has, oh no, we've got two more here. Yes, we just, uh, and these are on the list as well. So these are our newest ones that we had to add to the list. Unfortunately, we lost two members of our Star Trek community just on Monday. Uh, Man, and these are a couple was, of heavy hitters. This was a shock. I, this, this really was a shock to me. 
couple of really, really heavy hitters. Um, the very Legend. first one uh, that I will just drop and let you guys talk about for a while is, of course, actor David Warner. Um, in the Star Trek context, uh, he was in several roles. He played St. John Talbot in Star Trek V. He played the Klingon Gorkon in Star Trek VI. He played the Cardassian Golmadred in the great episode of TNG, Chain of Command. And just let's talk about some of the other things he's done. Go ahead, guys. Just Oh, it. God. I mean, this, you could do, do a, whole, a whole show on this we guy. Could. It would not you even be remotely. Throw it out. Throw it out. Would, the, the first thing I remember is like as a kid was uh, the omen. Right? Mm. The original Omen. He's the photographer who takes the photos and sees, oh, what is this weird, strange shadow falling across everyone's neck, right? And then he meets the most, one of the most dramatic demises in movie history with that pane of glass. I mean, it's just crazy. And he basically, I mean, if you look at his IMDb page, man, he's been in like thousands of productions. He's just done everything. I mean, from like Masada back in the 70s to Time Bandits to, you know, tons of genre Tron. work, voiceover work, Tron, mm-hmm. uh, unbelievably prolific dude. He was in James Cameron's Titanic. He's worked for John Carpenter. I mean, he was on Wallander. He's just, if you need somebody to be a, a, a character, not necessarily, I mean, he, he always sort of gets typecast as villains. Yeah. Right, because but he carries that sophisticated yeah. gravitas. Right, he's trained yeah. from the Royal Shakespearean Company. That's right. So, and and uh, and interestingly enough, you know, David Warner was born out of wedlock, and I think that really colored a lot of the way he approached a lot of his characters, being these kind of like outsiders who people didn't necessarily cling to right away, and who were sort of coming at life with a bit of a vengeance. And he was just yeah. tremendous performer man i mean just absolutely unbelievable and uh, and i think he you know you mentioned it just earlier right is uh uh much red yeah okay when people talk about like showing you know all the history of cardassians i defy you to show me anyone who is more evil or magnetic than much red he is just phenomenal bringing his daughter in to watch picard respond to the lights it's just yeah. it's evil i mean it's just every he's like a he's like a study in like you know a draconian obsessive power and authoritarian abuse he's just unbelievable but i gotta just mention it's one of the great science fiction movies of all time i mean my goodness friends if you have not watched this movie i i plea with you to go out and uh and find it as much as you can, as fast as you can. But there is a movie that's huge, really important in the Star Trek firmament. It's called Time After Time, okay, with uh, David Warner and Malcolm McDowell. And the reason I mention it, not only just because it's a magnificent movie, but it was directed by Nicholas Meyer, okay? And that name may sound familiar to folks because it was on the strength of this movie that he got hired to direct not only Wrath of Khan, but ultimately, you know, Star Trek Six as well, and he became one of the pivotal directors of Star Trek. Nicholas Meyer, you have got to watch Time After Time. It is the greatest David Warner performance maybe ever, and it is just – it feels like Star Trek in, in terms of uh, the way it comes across. Magnificent show. This is a, a legend, friends, who, who just is, just, is irreplaceable, is an f- amazing human being. Mm-hmm. But wait. There's more, unfortunately. 
Right yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There is one more person we lost uh, same day. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the Titan David Warner. Uh, we lost another Titan of television and film, Paul Sorvino. Um, he was best known on Star Trek as uh, War Stepbrother Nikolai Rojenko in TNG's episode Homeward. Uh, but just another actor that you would recognize from a lot of different things. Uh, I always think of him from gangster stuff. I was looking around. He's been in a Good few fellas. things. Goodfellas is definitely the number one place that I remember him from. Um, but yeah, he, he's been around the way. Uh, yeah, Paul Sorvino, guys. Uh, let's talk about him for a second. Oh, God. What an amazing dude. Five yeah, hours mean, after David Warner. Five hours. Was that all it was? Wow. Yeah. yeah, well, his his earliest credits begin way back in the 70s, and he's all over the place on television. I mean, he's been on like a million guest star roles, right? You look through the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. He's on a million different shows because his face was just everywhere. It, you would absolutely recognize him if you don't remember uh, what Nikolai Rajinko looks like. Uh, you'd, re- you'd absolutely recognize him from something else. So anyway... Fantastic in, the, in Nixon, the the movie Nixon, oh, it was yeah. Oliver Stone, right? He yeah. played Henry Kissinger. He did he played Henry Kissinger. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in yeah. The Rocketeer. Uh, he was in uh, uh, TV series Bad Blood. He was on Criminal Minds. He's just he's so prolific, and of course, uh, you know, famous uh, daughter royalty of uh, Hollywood as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Mira yeah. Sorvino. And, yep. you know, by all accounts, one of the just nicest people that there was uh, everybody who's, a you know, he's a native son of Brooklyn. Right. And uh, by all accounts, just a lovely human being and just everyone who's ever worked with him. No one ever has a bad thing to say about Paul Sorvino. He was just a mensch. He was just a wonderful person. And uh, and uh, oh, God, it's, it's it's weird. It's like all these greats leaving the stage, brother. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Well, two loss this week on Monday, so uh, lots of love and remembrances going out to both David Warner and Paul Sorvino. And that officially ends our list of remembrances for this week, guys. Um, So uh, long list, but uh, lots of love going out. So I think it's you okay, man. I feel that was emotional. Like maybe okay. we need to get you a drink or something. That I'm was okay. that was I, that was hardcore. It was hardcore. It was, I'm gonna be okay because now it is time to party with Charles. Charles, okay. please start us out with. Well, man. Eric, I'm actually going to stretch your list out by one more and kind of tie this person into Star Trek. Uh huh. Because this week we also had a remembrance of Gary Gygax. And some of the fans are like, wait a minute, who is Gary Gygax, sub-commander? <laughs> Gary Gygax, the father of Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. But how was Dungeons and Dragons connected to Star Trek? Ooh. Well, you had people role-playing their characters. And some people got as far as they actually started dressing up like their characters. They were doing their own cosplay. Well, people thought it was a great idea, and they started cosplaying at things like conventions and going to movies. Suddenly, some people got together, like, why don't we cosplay and make our own little fan movies? And we got the fan movies that we talk about, we even talk about from some of these people. 
And I wonder how many of this stuff we could have if it wasn't for Gary Gygax and Dungeons and Dragons. And even more, Chris Pine, Captain Kirk from the Kelvin movies, is starring in the new Dungeons and Dragons movies, Honor Amongst Thieves. And the trailer dropped at San Diego Comic-Con, so you guys can check that out. It looks pretty good. I feel like we got a few tie-ins because there was that uh, channel that uh, Noah was running that where they were playing D and D as well, the Discovery Crew. Disco does D and D. Disco does D and D. I thought you were going to uh, go with the uh, the two degrees of separation thing because Gary Gygax, one of my favorite places I ever saw him, was as a character on Futurama, and of course uh, Spock <laughs> has also been on Futurama. So there you go. That's my connection to Star Trek. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> When worlds collide. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now, I got an interesting list because I got a lot of people who have done a lot of one visits to a lot of shows. Saxon Trenier played Lieutenant Linda Larson, TNG's The Nth Degree. Ironically, looking at her list, this was actually only her second role in IMDb. She didn't actually start actually officially acting in 91, and this is the second time that she showed up. Michael Welch played Harman from Star Trek Insurrections. His first movie role, so had a lot of roles, including one hits in CSI, all the CSIs, the NCSs, X-Files. Jim Jensen played the temporal investigator. Luxley, DS9's Trials and Tribulations. Also played Karin, DS9's a storyteller. As we say, a lot of one hit, a lot of one shots in episodes. Forrest Lee Kutunov. Lieutenant Commander Lejure from Star Trek 60, Undiscovered Country, also appeared in Boys Flashback. David, why do we love Lejure? Are you there, David? He's we lose David. Say that one time. He's, David, why do why do we love why do we love Lejure? How does that name ring with you? Does that sound familiar? Lozier? Lozier, Star Trek Attack Wing? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. The guy what did he do? Can, uh, transfer a disabled token off of a uh, weapon. You disable him instead of the weapon. He is one of the most useful crew members in Star Trek Attack Wing, so thank you for having a cool card, <laughs> Boris. <laughs> and then we've got one character who doesn't have a lot of roles yet because she's still very new. Acting, but a happy birthday to Penelope Mitchell, who played Renee Picard in Picard season two. She's a fairly new actor to acting. That is a nice little mix list. What about you, Paul? Who's on your side? Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it, brother. Got all kinds of interesting folks on here who are celebrating their birthdays, and I hope they are celebrating in high style because, wow, 
These folks have deserved it. Deep Space Nine fans, are you out there? I feel yeah. like you are. Yeah, yeah, because I got one here for you. Okay, oh. this one is a titan, friends. Oh. Both Gives character and actor. Let's give it up for the great Louise Fletcher. Uh-huh. Deep Space Nine character Kai Win Adami, okay, the ambitious Bajoran religious leader and the first Kai of Bajor elected after the Cardassian occupation. Picture a Deep Space Nine Virginia, uh, version of Ginny Thomas, and I think you might know where I'm going here. I mean, somebody who's yeah. really <laughs> obsessed with where they, they think things need to be. Louise yep. Fletcher is an Academy Award winner for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? Made in 1975 and 1976. She won the Best Actress Oscar for that role. That It sounds like it was just literally a trip to hell filming it. It was really challenging for her. And she is uh, in the right stuff without question. I mean, been in tons and tons of pictures from Cruel Intentions to Flowers in the Attic to... to Shameless, uh, on recent television, private practice, you name it. Um, she was on ER for a while. Um, again, living legend, Louise Fletcher, phenomenal. Happy birthday, my dear. I hope you are raising a glass to yourself because you really earned it, and you're an icon for DS9 fans, let me tell you. She's my favorite Star Trek villain of all time. I love her because you hate her from the second you see her on screen, and you hate her all the way through, and she's so bad and evil. Oh, and she does terrible things with the uh, the temple and everything. I mean, she really does. Like, she is a zealot. Without question. She's like, you open the dictionary to the word zealot, and there is Kaiwin Adami. I mean, she's just, you know... Wow. I mean, I mean, it's a character that's so relevant to the times we live in. It's just, it's Well, it's and, really and great. like DS9 was exploring all of these like new concepts, right? And Kai Wen is absolutely a representation of how power can corrupt no matter how, you know, yeah. people see themselves. Just a, just a great like way to form awesome stories in DS9. Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, it never can be said enough because I mean, I, I, you never know who's listening, right? To the, to the, to us or whatever, but it's just like, I feel like Deep Space Nine is still kind of the, you know, the not fully appreciated series sometimes so in terms of like so what it's good. done. It's like yeah. they were dealing with social issues. They they went so deep and they were really willing to like, you know, go there, you know, way ahead of their time. That's, That's why Cisco is amazing. Cisco does things that no other captain will do. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's great. And to. you go back and you watch these and, and you forget them and you go back and go, oh, my God. And yeah. So many of their episodes are not about what they appear to be on the surface. You know, there's a lot going plus, on there. So much subtext. It's just amazing. Yeah, plus he's the only captain who is a captain of a ship and a space station. No yep. other captain that I know of is part of that. <laughs> no, he's go. very unique because he's got two identities, right? He's got yep. his identity as, as captain, but he's got the identity of Except- like how they perceive him on Bajor. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He right. Is the start out the he's the emissary, and and that is that is fascinating stuff because it's like he's sort of having to reckon with this idea of being perceived as a myth, right? He's almost like Paul Atreides that way, right? He's mm-hmm. almost sort of like perceived as like being you're the uh, you're the you're the 
prophesied one. Right, the <laughs> Messiah. And and how do you live with that with uh, humility and still do good deeds as a human being? It's fascinating. So what a, what a great show. It's just it's like I feel like there's so many of those episodes I've not watched in a long time since they first aired. And whenever I go back and watch one, I'm like I'm so rewarded and. Uh, but if you haven't watched the Deep Space Nine episode in a while, go watch the one with Louis Fletcher because it's amazing. i got to move on because I'm talking too much. I'm so sorry. Next on my list, happy birthday to another legend who's just amazing, the great Ronnie Cox, man. We were just talking about this episode, right? We Next Gen episode, Chain yep. of Command with the yep. legendary David Warner, right? Well, who's stepping up from Starfleet to kind of – Bustle in there during things, humorless Captain Jellico, right? And that's the great Ronnie Cox, who is just a, a freaking amazing guy. Um, two roles that I think that will forever cement him in motion picture history was, first of all, of course, you know, Deliverance. And if you've mm-hmm. never seen Deliverance, wow. <laughs> if you're a fan yeah, of yeah, 70s yeah, movies yeah, like yeah, me, yeah. man, has everyone seen Deliverance? Oh, yeah. Everyone on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been so long. I've forgotten most of it. I just remember that banjo song. Oh, man, it is incredible. It is just harrowing. It is really incredible. Yep. So definitely check him out in that. He's he's really remarkable. He's kind of like the conscience of the group of those four men in a way. But then, oh, my gosh, from being a, a saintly, lovely man to being one of the worst human beings ever in RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the head of Omni Consumer Products, right? The guy who's willing to... Oh, he's Dick Jones. <laughs> yep. That's awful. Man, you better pray that unholy creation of yours doesn't screw up. He's just in everyone's face being Dick Jones. The range of this guy, incredible. But uh, wow, he's, he's like, if you guys are doing that panel of the evil admirals, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm hoping maybe Captain Jellico kind of can worm his way in there because he sort of seems like he kind of is an honorary <laughs> member, right? He seems like he should qualify. He's, you know, he's not the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. Moving on, also happy birthday to uh, Paul Collins, uh, who played Zlanko in uh, Deep Space Nine's episode Battle Lines. A lot of Deep Space Nine folks showing up this week, which is wonderful stuff, including uh, felicitations and happy birthday to William Cress, who played Talak. Talan in Deep Space Nine episode, the Jem Hadar. Now I'm trying to remember, was that the first introduction to the Jem Hadar? They've been mentioned previously, yeah. but this is really the first one where we learned all that stuff. Yeah. And Talak Talan is one of the one of the first soldiers that we meet who actually has lines. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back and watch that whole arc again because amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Happy birthday, Liz- Lenore Kasdorf, Security Minister Lauren in TNG episode Attached. And finally for me. Felicitations and happy birthday to Deirdre Immershine, Lieutenant Watley in Deep Space Nine episodes Trial and Tribulations and Joval, but also on Next Gen's episode Captain's Holiday. A lot of talent out there, friends. And when you think about how many talented people have been brought into the the firmament of Star Trek over the years, it is just jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping. Wouldn't you agree, Uncle Jim? I definitely would. I don't have as many birthdays as you guys, but I've got some good ones. And we want to start off with uh, Captain Kirk himself from Strange New Worlds, A Quality of Mercy, someone who's going to be returning again in Season 2. He's best known as the teenage heartthrob vampire, Stefan, in The Vampire Diaries, a role that he played for eight years. Uh, We're talking about Paul Wesley. 
Strange New World. Happy birthday to Paul Wesley. Uh, we also want to say happy birthday to one of my favorites, Chris Sarandon, so who cool. uh, played Martis Mazur in DS9's Rivals. Uh, I happen to know him as Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night. That's such a great movie, man. <laughs> there's a tie-in between Fright Night and Rivals, because in Fright Night, Jerry Dandridge, the vampire, says to the vampire hunters when they come into his house, he says, Welcome to Fright Night, for real. Well, guess what he does on Deep Space Nine? Same exact line, only instead of welcome, I forgot the name of his bar. He says, welcome to whatever the bar was. And I just, I lost the laugh when I saw that in that, in that episode, because I remember him saying the same line. In Fright Night. I love Chris Sarandon. I met him at a convention and uh, had him had a, a, signed a Fright Night poster for me. He is a really delightful guy. He also and met Jack Skellington in um, Nightmare Before Christmas as well. And yep. uh, great guy. And also, what, there's a movie that you have seen only recently that he was in as well. He, the, he is Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> he's, a, he's a guy who's just really like uh, arrogant and extremely good tracker and uh, eventually gets hunted down because uh, he killed his father prepared to die yes Chris Sarandon is having a birthday happy birthday to Chris Sarandon also we want to say happy birthday to Iman who played Marty in Star Trek 60 on Discovered Country uh, she was married to David Bowie so uh, there, there's a little connection there so happy birthday. Um, we also want to say happy birthday to John Putch, who played the only two Benzites that we've seen on Star Trek to date. First, he played Mordok in TNG's Coming of Age. These are the guys that have that little breathing apparatus on their chins, if you guys don't remember. Yeah, blue. And super blue cool. They kind of look a little fishy. Yeah. And he also played Megan in TNG's a Matter of Honor, which is a great Klingon episode, if you haven't seen it. And uh, that's the one where Wesley mistakes him for being Mordok. So, so and he, did didn't he... Report, he didn't report his findings of the, the microbes on the Klingon ship until he had a resolution to Picard, uh, and he got in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Great, great episode. So, Did we have a Benzite on uh, Lower Decks? I'm trying to remember. I felt like we did. I think so. We may we may have. I think he was just left in the background. I'm just a background character. Okay, yeah. I was try. I, I wonder if he also like maybe that character didn't have lines, but I might have to do a little research there. That'd be interesting. Well, you know, know what? He had a Benzite somewhere. It feels like because I yeah. Had a other than, yeah, other than these two episodes. Well, there's the the don't not to be confused with. Um, What's her name from Discovery? Uh, uh, no, it wasn't her. No, I know, but just different. That was a there were yeah. definitely some breathing device episodes. But yeah, anyway, I digress. And and not 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 to diverge too much, but you guys remember the fun we had on our Gorn show when we talked about the Gorn-tastic Gornography, that whole thing that we did. <laughs> well. <laughs> One of those panels that they had at San Diego Comic-Con, somebody asked them on Lower Decks, how do you explain the Gorn wedding 
and the Gorn that we see in Strange New World. And yeah, you know what Mike McMahon, did you hear what he said? No, what did he, he say? Have yeah. He must have listened to our podcast. Because I was yeah. <laughs> pretty much said what we decided on the podcast. Yeah. He said that there are, there are he different... He said it was a couple centuries later, and there may be a different type of Gorn. Yes, there's different Gorn classifications. And where did we do that before, guys? Who said that? We did. So, right here on Track Talking. They must be listening to our podcast. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Was was Don't they owe so, us money, uh, then? I mean, doesn't this... Well, <laughs> no, unfortunately, we're still giving our ideas away for free. I don't know God, why, but... <laughs> so wrong. <Yeah. laughs> Get an agent. Jesus. <laughs> And uh, we're, we're going to go to Deep Space Nine. Um, yeah, every Star Trek show has that one character that I just happen to think is awesome. TNG, mm-hmm. it was on Deep Space Nine. It was Major Kira, played by the awesome Nana Visitor. I just, just fell in love with that character and her backstory and the whole nine yards. I thought she was awesome. And uh, it happens to be Kira Nerys, and it's her birthday. So happy birthday to Nana Visitor. And I always wrap up with the Klingons. If there's a Klingon, I do the Klingon last. And today, yes, I have a Klingon. I would like to say Kapla to Inez Edwards, who played Turla on TNG's two-part episode, Birthright. She's one of the Klingons that wore and teaches the ways of the warrior. So happy birthday um, to Inez Edwards. And and definitely last, but definitely not least, a really good friend of our show. Uh, I often refer to her as the meat and potatoes of Trek talking because back in the day when we didn't have Star Trek pretty much every week, we talked about everything. And we talked about a lot of fan films back in the day. And uh, one of the fan film guests, she's a Star Trek fan actress extraordinaire. She's been in all of them. And she's been on our podcast many, many times. And, of course, I would like to wish a very heartfelt happy birthday to our very own Leslie Sawyer, who couldn't join us tonight for her birthday because she has COVID. She can't talk. And I can relate to that because I almost had to miss the podcast for the same reason. So happy birthday to Leslie. And you know what that means, don't you? That means we have to pull out the Weird Al happy birthday song. This one goes out to you, Leslie. Happy birthday. Well, there's a punk in the alley, and he's looking for a fight. There's an Arab on the corner buying everything in fight. There's a mother in the ghetto with another mouth for feet. Seems that everywhere you look today, there's misery and greed. I guess you know the earth is going to crash into the sun. But that's no reason why we shouldn't have a little fun. So if you think it's scary, if it's more than you can take, just blow out the candles and have a piece of cake. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Leslie. I hope you feel better soon. And with that, guys, it's time to take another quick commercial break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. 
TrekConderoga, the biggest little Star Trek event in the Northeast, is proud to present TrekConderoga 2022, August 19th through the 21st, in Ticonderoga, New York, with headliners Gates McFadden, John Delancey, and Brent Spiner. Join Uncle Jim and Eric from Trek Talking as we marvel at the original series set tour, walking the corridors, sick bay, briefing room, captain's quarters, transporter room, and main engineering of the USS Enterprise. Our next generation tour guides will share behind the scenes information and explain how the sets were designed and erected. For most of us, the tour stays the best for last, the iconic main bridge where the adventures begin. Sound like fun? We think so too. So stop by the Trek Talking table on your way to tour the set and meet the stars. And tell them Trek Talking sent you. Engage. Don't miss Fandom Fest New York. Featuring special guests, vendors, artists, esports, tabletop games, and so much more. Fandom Fest, a unique con experience at Proctor's, August 12th through 14th. Okay, guys, welcome back. It is time for convention, convention, convention. We have got a great name to start with. We are tracking this week Armadillo Con, <laughs> August 5th through the 7th at the Austin South Park Hotel in Austin, Texas. I love that name, Armadillo Con. Go check it out, folks. Uh, it sounds like a blast. We're also going to be checking out the Midwest Conference on the Unknown. Ooh, that sounds mysterious. I kind of like that. August 5th through the 7th at the Drury Plaza Hotel, Cape Giardo Conference Center in Cape Giardo, Missouri. And finally on my list, Armageddon Expo, Palmerston North, August 6th through the 7th at the Central Energy Trust Arena, Fly Palmy Arena at the Palmerston, uh, in Palmerston North, way down there in New Zealand. So go check out Armageddon Expo in New Zealand. Paul. What are you keeping track of this week? August 6th in New Zealand. So if we got on a plane today, we might just make it in time. Yeah, and actually, uh, it would probably be really nice and frosty weather, right? Because shouldn't it be like the middle of winter there? I'm going. Let's go. That's that's my idea of a con, man. But I'll settle for a couple of the other more local ones here. First of all, I've got three for us here tonight, friends, uh, in uh, beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you head on over to the Hyatt Regency in Minneapolis, August 11th to 14th, you can attend Convergence, which should be fantastic. Convergence 2022, August 11th to 14th in Minneapolis. Another option for you, uh, August 12th to 14th, uh, pretty much the same dates, is in Boston at Fan Expo Boston 2022 in the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. Fantastic time there. What a hell of a town. Breakout. Lucky enough to have lived in Boston for a couple of years, and I had a, oh, oh man, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Boston's great stuff, great people. Finally, we've got Arlington Comic Fest 2022, August 20th to 21st, in the Bob Duncan Center in roasting hot Arlington, Texas. So jump in there, get out of the heat for some air conditioning, and rub elbows with your fellow fans. There's a nice trio for you. Moving over to you, Charles. What you got going on? 
Well, let's start off with film and fan, film and Comic Con, Glasgow, August twentieth and twenty-first at Greyhead Arena in Glasgow, UK. Fan Expo Canada, August twenty-fifth to twenty-eighth. Metro Toronto Convention Center, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And the big one, if you don't have tickets for this one, you may not get in. In fact, due to some obligations, I will likely miss it this year. 56-year mission, August 25th to 28th. Valley's Las Vegas Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. They are, do not have the discount tickets this year. They also are almost sold out on tickets because they had to change venues and they own a smaller venue this year. So they're running out of space. But definitely, if you want to make a Star Trek convention, that is one to make. David, where would you want to go? Well, I've got also on the list that uh, on September 1st through the 5th we have Dragon Con 2022 over at Atlanta Marriott Marquis Harriet uh, Hyatt Regency Atlanta Atlanta Hilton Sheraton Atlanta Western Peachtree in Atlanta Georgia also, Metacon, uh, September 2nd to the 4th, Hyatt Regency, Minneapolis, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and closer to home, the Rose City Comic Con, from September 9th to the 11th, Oregon Convention Center in Portland, Oregon. Yeah! Guess who's going to that, people? Who? <laughs> Me and we Tyler are. are going. We're going, man. It's darn so, tootin' you know, we are. That's right. It's going to be a good time. Uh, are you getting cool. truck talking table? We're not going to have a table, but you better believe we're going to have magnets and business cards that are flying out of our hands as fast as we can possibly uh, splatter them. Jim, a table uh, is so uh, limiting, right? Then you're kind of like chained is. to the yeah. – you, you don't have to move amongst to the crowd and spread. We can reach run. more people that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll join. True. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I, w- I will admit to the fact that you don't get to see a whole lot of convention when you're kind of stuck at a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked in many no, trade shows in my life, man. No, no table lockage for me. I need to get out there and rub elbows and, uh, and have conversations. It's, it's way more fun that way. Especially when, especially when you, you, especially if you had several people at the table instead of just one person. Right, Mr. I, right, Uncle. I like the table. I like the people coming to me mm. instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just sit there and wave my bat list, and they come up to touch it. It's a wonderful thing. There I love go. it. You know, and yeah, uh, but you don't get to see some of the panels then. Yeah, but I'm but I'm not at the convention to see the panels. I am the panel. <laughs> 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 you know. <laughs> so anyways Alright guys, guess what It's time for Priority one message from Starfleet Coming in on secured channel Incoming transmission Enter authorization code Command codes verified Define parameters of program 
Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. Okay, the rest of this podcast is basically Star Trek news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and us talking about it. So this is what we're going to do <laughs> for the next hour. All right. Well, there are two stories that weren't really news that we need to talk about. And Eric, you want to start us off? Yeah, our first one deals with uh, one of our, our new losses in the Star Trek community. We were just talking about Paul Sorvino, Goodfellas and Law and Order star, uh, dead at 83 years old. Paul Sorvino, an imposing actor whose roles ranged from the mob boss in Goodfellas to an early stint on the long-running cop drama Law and Order, has died, according to his publicist, Roger Neal. He was 83. Born in Brooklyn, New York, Servino earned a Tony nomination for his role in that championship season, reprising the role in the film version, and appeared in a long list of movies that included portraying Henry Kissinger in Nixon, Dick Tracy, uh, which is one of my kind of per- favorite unsung movies. I think Dick Tracy's great. Reds and The Rocketeer. Sorvino is perhaps most remembered for director Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas as Paul Cicero, the mobster who, even in pr- prison, retained a passion for cooking and fine cuisine, thinly slicing garlic with a razor blade. Star Trek fans know him as Nikolai Rojenko, Worf's adopted brother. Uh, Sorvino is survived by his wife and three children, including actress Mira Sorvino and five grandchildren. And we already uh, had a go around talking about all the amazing things that Paul did during his lifetime. So uh, happy birthday to him and uh, nice remembrance uh, about a lot of the roles that he played uh, throughout the years. So, Jim, what have you got for us next in news? Well, uh, David Warner, legendary Star Trek actor, has passed away. We talked about him as well, but... I want to read his obituary for you guys. The film world is collectively mourning the passing of David Warner. It doesn't get more legendary than Mr. Warner. The man's career has spanned over 60 years, and he has been some of the best films ever made. The man had a significant role in The Omen, which, which we talked about earlier, and he played Sark in Tron, which I talked about earlier. Was the evil genius in Time Bandits, Professor Jordan Perry in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Secret of the Ooze, and most famously portrayed Klingon Chancellor Gorkhan in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovery, and John Sinjin Don Sinjin John Talbert in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and Gull Madrid in Star Trek The Next Generation. We talked about all of those already. David Warner began his illustrious career in the theater as an attendee of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in his early years. His breakout role was appearing as Morgan, a suitable case for treatment in 1966, which landed him the BAFTA nomination for Best Actor in a Leading Role. He also has a mainstay in Batman the Animated Series, and he famously voiced Raz Agul, which was one of Batman's biggest ah. adversaries. He reprised the voice of Raz Agul in Batman Beyond as well. He also voiced Herbert Landon, the Red Skull, in Spider-Man the Animated Series. He was also famously known for attempting to save the day in Titanic as Spicer Lovejoy. Leading into the 2000s, he famously portrayed Senator Sandar in the 2001 robot of reboot of Planet of the Apes. I forgot about that one. He portrayed Professor Grinko in 
the Doctor Who special, The Cold War. And more recently, he was Admiral Boom and Mary Poppins Returns. These are just some of the films and shows the man has become famous for and, as mentioned, led to an illustrious and legendary career. His career has spanned nearly 60 years, and the man has put in everything for the love of acting. He passed away at just the age of 80. But there are plenty of us who will remember him for the rest of our lives. Thank you for all the wonderful work, and may you rest in peace, Mr. Warner. That was his obituary. All right, Charles. Now let's get on with some happy news. What do you got for us? All right. Well, let's get in the future comic corner. Star Trek 1 unites characters from across the galaxy. IDW has announced a new era of Star Trek comics with the debut of Star Trek number 1 during San Diego Comic-Con. Debuting in October, the comic features art by critically acclaimed Raymond Roz Bazan's uh, from Marvel's Star Wars and Ant-Man, and scripted by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lasling. The creative minds behind Star Trek Year 5. Star Trek number one weaves an epic and unpre- unpresented adventure story that spans the far reaches of the Star Trek universe. It brings together characters from across the galaxy and across the eras in variations of the beloved franchise who must band together to prevent mysterious murders of God. Lazing said, we're immensely thrilled to launch a new starship with a crew of new and familiar faces heading onto a mission that would truly go where no one has gone before. An Avengers-style ongoing crossover that treats Gene Roddenberry's creation as a living universe. This book where anyone can show up and where anything is possible. Comic is set in 2378, where Benjamin Sisko has finally returned from the Jorn wormhole. Omnipotent. But his god hand is failing with every minute. Sent by the prophets on a mission to the deepest part of space aboard the USS Theus. Sisko witnesses the unthinkable. Someone is killing the god. Cisco and his motley crew of Starfleet members from every era of Trek can stop them. Reminds me a little bit of the Q, the Q you know, Nibnet series that we read from IDW. Wow. Where they, where they gather crew members from all over. Yep. And I have to tell you that I'm super excited to get a little bit more Cisco because um, I was – the only Cisco that we've gotten recently was we got some Mirror Cisco in the recent Mirror War series, and it was it was kind of like lukewarm. It just wasn't that great. It's been a long time since we had a really cool Cisco in a comic, so I'm I'm hoping that they will go there uh, with this one because you know I mean Star Trek number one that to me sounds like they're going to start a whole new arc, right? Yeah, sounds like a new series. It does. Yep. It's going to be great. And they've had, there's been a few Star Trek number ones, but I'm ready for another one. <laughs> yep. Always. And, and Eric, you've got our first Shatner says what that we've had in a long time. Yeah, it has been just a little while. And uh, this one is a doozy, folks. Uh, William Shatner insists Star Trek creator would be, quote, turning in his grave <laughs> over a new series. I'm sorry. I'm going to try and get through this without laughing. 
The 91-year-old actor, who of course played the Enterprise's Captain T. Kirk, and very James T. Kirk, it says Captain T. Kirk, Captain James T. Kirk, in various TV and movie projects from 66 to 94, has weighed in on the plethora of recent spinoffs, which has included the likes of Strange New Worlds, Picard, and Discovery in recent years. Appearing at San Diego Comic Con, he was asked by a fan if any of the new Star Trek series rivaled his own. Shatner. Uh, insisted none of them come close, and even claimed creator Gene Roddenberry would be disappointed by the way the franchise has gone. Quote, I got to know creator Gene Roddenberry in three years fairly well, he added, as quoted by The Hollywood Reporter. He'd be turning in his grave at some of this stuff. When asked to address the fans of that other major sci-fi franchise, you know, the one with Star in the name, Shatner quipped, excuse me, Fuck Star Wars, but not Mark Hamill. Ooh. When asked by a fan if there were any new Star Trek series he thought rivaled his own, Shatner replied, none of them. At another point, he gave a fan a hard time for wearing a mask because the actor could not hear the man's question. Mask wearing is strictly enforced this year at Comic-Con, the first since the coronavirus virus, uh, shuttered the convention for three years. Not only did I not understand what he was talking about, says Shatner, but I don't understand who he's talking to after several attempts at asking the fan to take it off. Oh, oh. man. That to is, me, wow, you guys, man. this is like a Shatner says what, and then a Shatner does what. Uh, man, he was in rare form here, guys, and uh, not, in yeah. his be- not in his best, I don't think. <laughs> you know, as... In, fa- in yeah. fact, on his panel, I don't think I've ever been to a panel that almost could have had a PG rating. Uh, he had done quite. He had done a little bit of swearing at some of his at one of his, his panels, and it was very unshatner like I think, this year. Yeah, F Star Wars is kind of far to go, uh, especially given how I'm sure most Star Wars fans will receive that information. Um, yeah. But, man, to presume that you are the one who would understand how Gene Roddenberry would or would not be liking today's Star Trek, um, I love you, man. I love Captain Kirk, but uh, it, it, let's get with the Let's get with the program. Let's get with the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, don't you feel like it's it's like he's 91 years old, right? He just went into space and stuff like that. There's not that many shopping days left till Christmas, right? Don't you want your legacy to be good? Yeah, When When the time comes, don't you want to be finally remembered instead of being a cranky, you know, kind of slightly bit of a butthole? I mean, that's, you know, let's be honest. He's kind of, he's got a bad rep already. I mean, ask George Takei what he thinks of Bill. I mean, my God. You know, this is this is kind of uh, embarrassing. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, there you go. We're going to talk about – this is what gave me – because Simon Pegg made a similar comment in, in reference to Star Wars fans as well. And that's what got me thinking about this fandom toxicity because we're going to do a show on Monday and talk about that. And I think that Shatner saying what he said – throws a lot of gasoline on the flames of of fandom toxicity as far as Star Trek because you have a lot of gatekeepers who still think that, you know, TOS is the end-all, be-all, and everything else is terrible. Nothing else comes close. It's not real Star Trek. And Shatner just waves those flames. It's like, see, Shatner said so, and he's Captain Kirk, so he's got to be right. 
So, you know, I think that him saying what he said uh, hurts Star Trek more than it helps, in my opinion. I wonder what Mr. Shatner likes about, I mean, we all like Mark Hamill for various reasons, but I wonder why he singled him out as the one who's not to be effed in that whole universe. <laughs> I don't know. Might be because Mark has such an incredibly influential social media presence. I mean, he uh, is extremely is his he's incredibly popular. He's a big influencer, and it uh, to mess with uh, to mess with Mark Hamill is not a good call. I mean, yeah. he's got legions of followers and and carries a lot of influence, not just not just in entertainment. So yeah, he's a great guy. Well, guys. Uh... His comments did not go unanswered, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> I love the way. Take it away, it. Jim. This is going to be cool. Before I before I read the next story, I got to say that um, the more I I read about uh, Melissa Navia, who plays Lieutenant Ortegas on Strange New Worlds, and the more I I see her posting on uh, Twitter and things like that. I really like her. Uh, She's my favorite, I, man. She's so good. She's amazing. And one of the things yeah. that she um, uh, we're going to talk about this later, so it's really not a big spoiler, but uh, Freaks has directed an episode of, Stranger, of Strange New Worlds next year. And I posted a picture on our Facebook page of him sitting next to her on the bridge of the Enterprise. And in the article, she said, she just couldn't get over the fact that she was sitting next to Riker. And as he was directing <laughs> her in the episode, she kept hearing Riker's voice telling her what to do and how to react. And to me, as a fan, this is what I would be doing. Living the dream, man. And to hear an actor on the show say those same things, I just think she is so Like cool. going to space camp. Yeah. <laughs> when he was talking to me, I kept thinking to myself, Riker's talking to me. She was just I know, she right? as so cool when I read that article that I Yeah, just, she is, man. She's really good at shutting down trolls too. I mean, I yeah. I, I follow her a lot on Twitter and she if somebody's a jerk and unrespectful, she's just nukes them. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't love her based on that alone, the next <laughs> I'm about to read for you guys uh will change your opinion of her because as Paul said when 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 people attack her character on the show Lieutenant Ortegas and the gatekeepers and trolls come out and flame that person, she comes to their defense. And which is incredibly cool as well. So I really like her a lot. Which brings me to my next story. Melissa Navia to William Shatner. You even watch bro? <laughs> Strange New World star Melissa Navia has quickly become one of our favorites in a very short period of time. And that started last week when Navia pushed back on the so-called Star Trek fans who've been tagging Navia's helmsman, Erica Ortegas, with comments like demo casting and just checking off another woke box and throwing hate at the character's fans. But just in case we needed another reason to fist pump an agreement, Navia gave us the very thing when she took to social media to question if William Shatner has ever even seen an episode of the newer Star Trek series. And before any old school Star Trek fans start clutching pearls 
and fanning themselves with accusations of disrespect, Navia was simply upholding the rules of the road. When it comes to the mean streets of pop culture, sometimes when you throw punches, someone punches back. So here is the story. Curious, has Mr. Shatner seen any episodes of Discovery or Strange New Worlds or Lower Decks? Didn't he not watch himself on TOS? I know actors who can't watch their own work, but oh boy, not me. All those who wander hit me differently after losing my partner. He too fixed what was broken, Navia wrote in her first tweet. And after close to an hour, Navia responded with, general consensus then is no, unless the man himself tells me differently. At least there would be a small silver lining to it if, if he blocks me for asking the question, then at least we'll all have an answer. And wow. Come on, guys. How can you not love her? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, it's uh, amazing. I just like Paul was saying, amazing uh, person who is, is also very internet savvy, which I think is really helpful in today's world. You know, uh, you, you're going to get the kind of the old timers um, shooting off their mouth here and there. And uh, those younger generation Star Trek members who are more internet savvy are going to be able to take that and turn it into something they can really use. So I love that. Yeah, I think she's great. I really, really, because a lot of actors uh, don't want to get involved in that fandom thing, and they, they kind of stay out of it. They might quip with them amongst themselves a little bit, but you don't hear actors very often standing up for their fans like that, and I really respect her for that. Yeah, she wants to engage, man. She, she wants to, like, mix it up uh, and get in there. Well, she like, and, cares. She cares. And, and yeah. you know what, guys? Let's be honest. Like the quote here that um, that they said was just checking off a woke box. So I, I just oh, love this. Start. It's one yeah. of my it's one of my favorite quotes because what it shows you is that people are taking things that they have absolutely no basis in and just kind of making a bunch of assumptions. First of all, I think that people have taken Ortega's and made assumptions based on her haircut because she shaves the sides of her hair, right? And they have made certain assumptions about her character based on that. Have, have they revealed anything about Ortega's personal life at this point? Nope. Nothing. How, how nope. is Ortega – maybe because she's a woman navigator? Is that the woke box that's being checked? I don't understand what the woke box that's being checked is right now because as far as I'm concerned, we have got a sassy, strong navigator that has a great relationship with her captain yeah. that I can't wait to see more of. And I want to add that if she Star does. Trek fans – are, ju- are, are putting this character in a box based on the character's appearance alone. They were standing behind the door and missed the whole point of Star Trek. We don't even but know. let's be fair, man, a tiny percentage of Star Trek fans. It's these, it's these guys who are like, it's a, the overwhelming majority of Star Trek fans, and I believe our audience are loving her and are open-minded, enlightened people. These are the, the kind of trollish individuals who decide to go buy a few thousand bots, right, and torpedo mm-hmm. somebody's ratings, right? I mean, this is what we're going to be talking about Monday, which is a yes. fantastic co- uh, topic, by the way. I think it's really, really cool that you chose that. But, uh, but yeah, she, she's a white knight, man. She's a light, you know, in, in the Star Trek you know, firmament right now. And she's, you know, she's standing up for stuff she cares about. She believes in the show. She's, she's excited to be uh, – 
in there, and uh, she's representing the spirit of. Uh, it's sad that somebody like Bill Shatner can't see it because she's representing the Roddenberry spirit more than anybody else. Absolutely, without a doubt. So good for you, brother. Doubt. So uh, <clears throat> there was something big that came out of San Diego Comic Con, and, and it involves Star Trek Picard season three. They dropped the teaser trailer, guys, and here it is. You're only as good as those around you. Those days on the Enterprise made me a better man, a better father, a better friend. I thought I could inspire people to bring justice to an unjust universe. You have no idea how hard it is to be in this world. Not presume to know what I have and have not sacrificed for this. We have to be willing to go through that door to what's next. There's a whole universe out there. Wherever you go, we go. Here, in this moment, let's do what we spent our lives learning to be great at. As long as you and your crew remain steadfast, you are never without hope. Okay, there you have it. And, uh, yeah, so, wow, we see Worf. We see, we see everybody. There's one character we don't see or hear from, Brent Spiner's Data. So, there, there's that. So, uh, as always, guys, oh, this is an interactive it. podcast. So, I like to involve you guys as much as possible. So, I always ask you guys on our Facebook page, you know, what did you think to get your input? So, Eric. I asked our Facebook fans on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most excited, how excited are you for Star Trek Picard Season 3 after seeing this trailer? And what did our fans have to say? Dave Wynn said, normally a 10 plus, but after the first two seasons, I feel a 6 is likely. Top fan Patrick J. Furlong said 10. Be nice to see the Next Generation crew together one last time. Top fan Stephen Mamau says nine. Nothing will beat all good things unless proven otherwise. Top fan Brian Kane says glad this will be the final season. They really did not do a good job with season two. Hope they can get together for a good farewell season for the TNG crew. So eh, maybe a six. Laquea Thrushbane says nine. Star Trek The Next Generation was and my favorite of the franchise. Jill Rhodes said, super excited, 10 plus, 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 smiley face. That's pretty excited, Jill. Top fan Sylvain Bergeron says, it's a big 10 for me. Three exclamation points on that one. Top fan Berger Rizvig Hansen says, a seven. It cannot compete with strange new worlds. Top fan Karen Whitworth said, definitely a 10. And top fan Stephanie Seyfried said, a 10. So, so Jim, that that on the fan excitement o meter, that gives us a nine point one, which is it is press pretty excited. That that is pretty excited as it definitely, and I think that people have reason to be excited. I mean, wharf, wharf, and yeah. <laughs> we see we see seven of nine in a Starfleet uniform, which you is awesome. a red one. Yeah. Yep. She's command uh so and we're gonna we're gonna we'll talk about that a little bit later 
But what about you guys? Are you guys excited about th- this? Uh, Nick, we we're not going to see this till 2023, obviously, but uh, this, oh, the, yeah. the fans are 9.1 of excitement. What about you guys? You looking forward to it? Not so oh, much? What do you I think my excitementometer is right right up there with the fans. Um, the one character that we got a really cool kind of backstory for in the comics that we haven't seen yet that I'm really excited to see is Jordy LaForge. He was always one of my favorite on TNG. And the fact that they start out this trailer with him was really cool. I cannot wait to see what they've done with him and to see if it actually ties into those comics that we read or not. Because in theory, he he was present at Utopia Planitia when the synths attacked um, in Children of Mars. So uh, that will be interesting to see whether they connect that in canon or not. And war. Except it wasn't, war. The, it wasn't the comics, it was the book. It was the book. Uh, right. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. It was the book. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. It was the book. I get my comics and my book mixed up. Sorry about that. That's okay. Okay. Not, not a problem. So, uh, Paul. It is called comic book. That's true. <laughs> it is true. called. A comic book is a book. Yeah. So, speaking of Picard, Paul, you've got a tie in story here for Picard. I do have a story here, Uncle Jim, and that story is titled Star Trek Picard. Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden on blast of a reunion. How hard is it to reunite with this man? Seriously, right? He's like catnip to women, said Gates McFadden, reprising her role as Dr. Beverly Crusher, (laughs) opposite Patrick Stewart's John Luke Picard in Star Trek Picard's final season. (laughs) It was great, great fun, and I loved doing it. As much as we love that Picard is staging a major Next Generation Reunion, it can't match how happy Stuart and McFadden were when talking about being back together and teased what to expect from the end of the series and reflected on the endurance of the franchise. The characters will be seeing each other again after 25 years, and now Dr. Crusher is older and wiser, we hope, and just as argumentative as always, McFadden shared. T. Stewart, the discussions are often of a personal nature, a family nature, and he couldn't say more than that. You can expect to see all their characters have changed. We had a blast and laughed a lot and got silly as always and also had some very moving moments. So I, I think the story is quite brilliant and very powerful, McFadden said. Stewart noted that Trek can take responsibility for the increase in students who want to be scientists and engineers, while according to McFadden, it helps many people to find the courage to go for that dream. Star Trek Picard, the third and final season, 2023, Paramount. Now, before we continue, friends, I'd like to take an opportunity briefly in our journey here together tonight to, to insert a very quick game show component to our, uh, to our proceedings, if that's okay. Uh, because Absolutely. this story begs a question to me, and I'd like to involve all of you as our fellow Trexperts to answer a question if you're game to play this little uh, this little game show with Let's me. Do it. Uh, the uh, showrunners have mentioned with hiding nothing that in season three of Picard, we are going to be getting a villain, a kind of a, a con level villain who is going to test our characters in the story to come. And that there is no secret about this. It's very widely spread. That character is going to be female. All right, and it may be somebody we know. Uh, there's been little hints that kind of make it seem p- 
potentially that way. We don't really know. Now, they've already told us for sure it will not be Denise Crosby as Sela, okay, as, as titillating as that might be. That's not going to be what it is. But I'd like to ask all of you fellow Trexperts, female villain, maybe someone we know, who would you like to see in this role and who do you think it might be? Eric, I'm going to toss it to you. Oh, man, there are some great ones. I guess I think of, um, oh, man, maybe like the Romulan commander, uh, who I think they eventually gave a name, at least in some canon of Liviana, uh, Charvenek or Charvenot or something like that. So, yeah, man, that would be... From the Enterprise cool incidents, or who who you mean? Which yeah, Romulan that's exactly. Commander? Yeah, the female, yeah, the female Romulan commander from the Enterprise incident. Um, okay. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe the timing doesn't work out on that. But um, the other one that I think about is, um, oh wait, she died, didn't she? I was thinking about that Cardassian woman who played a Bajoran on uh, DS9, um, whose name is like. Uh, starts with an S, but I can't think of it right now. Um, You're talking about but, Ducat's daughter? Ducat's daughter, yeah. Uh, no, it's not Ducat's Dissolve. daughter. She's the one who starts out as a Bajoran, and then she's eventually revealed as a Cardassian, and there's a baby involved and that kind of stuff. Um, I just can't think of her name right now. So, I don't know. Those are the first two that I think of as possibilities, but that's just kind of off the top of my head. Okay. Well, cool, cool. Charles, what about you, man? You got any ideas about who you'd like to see in that kind of uh, female-powered villain role? Uh, yeah. Somebody we just talked about recently, in fact. I wouldn't mind possibly seeing Vosh. Oh, yeah. Especially if she's got Q connections. That'd be cool. I like it. I like it, brother. Yeah. Very cool idea. Yeah. Very cool idea. Kind of mischievous, up to no good. So what if what exactly. if she went darker? That's great, David. How about you, brother? Oh, actually, I just thought of one. Uh, what about Captain Angel from uh, Strange New World? What if she had a connection? Mind blown! Mind blown! Whoa! And whoa. they put in a crossover with Cybok uh, into this whole thing. Oh my God! Head's oh, mind blown. Mind blown. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> idea. Interesting. Yeah. I like all this energy, gentlemen. I like this a lot. Uncle Jim, any any thoughts? Any theories? Oh. I got to go with Kai Wynn. Kai <laughs> Wynn for the win. Well, I need to rewatch wow. the DS9 then. <laughs> that would be well, so cool. <laughs> I have that a would be so for, cool, man. Guys, thanks for, for playing this. I, I love hearing all these theories. This is what my focus is on. I want to find, I'm always like, it's, for me, it's like with the Bond movies, right? I always want to know you're as good as your bad guy. And I want to find out who the villain is because that's where I start to get all super energized. And I came up with an idea for me. I was like, boy, who would be an actor that would bring the gravitas that I would be like, oh, crap, if this is your enemy, we're in dire straits, right? We're really in trouble. But connected to the past history of the next generation, right? Do you know who I came up with? Ro Laren. Dr. Paul. Whoa. Ro Laren as a villain? Ro Laren. What if Ro Laren, because she's gone off at the end of the show, right? She's basically left the Federation and she's gone off to do her thing because she had her own moral compass that she had to follow. She had her own passions, her own obsessions, her own inclinations towards being a zealot. And that actress is off the chain. Perfect, perfect she age, is too. amazing, right? And it would yeah. tie together with the next gen 
legacy of being a, someone who was on their crew, who knows them better than they know themselves because she was one of them. And if so, I'm fan fictioning like, like this craziness here, okay? And I don't, don't normally do this, but I cannot shake that idea in my head uh, because I think she would be a phenomenal uh, antagonist to, to mm-hmm. test them all. And how cool would that be? So big fan of the actor, um, you know, really, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm just guessing out of my head here, but I just think it's fun to theorize because we don't know, right? All I know is that Michelle Forbes is one of the most tremendous, if you're a Battlestar Galactica fan, you'll love Michelle Forbes. You know, she's just absolutely amazing. And she brings it, man. She's got gravitas and teeth. So she would be a great antagonist. So I'd love to see that. But uh, that's that's just my little thing there. Um, just to do something fun. Let's hear what David has to say about Star Trek Picard season three. All right. Well, Star Trek Picard season three explores how seven of nine fits in Starfleet. Star Trek Picard will explore seven of nine character development as she assumed command position of a starship in season three. Picard's final season will premiere in 2023 on Paramount Plus with a total of 10 episodes. Picard's season 2 finale saw Seven joining Starfleet and briefly becoming the captain of the USS Stargazer in the process. The season will see Seven as the first officer of a starship with a unique view on how to command the the episode will continue to explore her identity now that she's in a command position and has accepted the part of herself that will always be linked to the board. Seven's relationship with Rafi Mushika, uh, Michelle Hurd, will continue to be explored in season three. With Mustaka being the only original Picard League character besides Stuart to return for the last season, the more sterilized story, uh, serialized story of Picard has allowed for a deeper exploration of Seven's character, which is set to continue in season three. In the end, the start. Uh, in the end, the Star Trek. Of the next generation cast will take stage final episode. It will be a fitting send off for seven of nine character as well. Now here's my question: Are they going to end up coming up with a seven of nine uh, TV series? Well, they should, but send off doesn't Maybe. sound very very appealing. But man, how cool would a Fenris Rangers television series be? Welcome. <laughs> Alex Kurtzman did say that they have two shows in the works and that we would see more female lead characters in these shows. So She's yeah, been lobbying seven. for it, too. She wants that series, right? She yeah, awesome. made no secret about the fact that she'd like to continue like that relationship. And, and you know, let's be honest. The fans love her. I mean, they she's do. great. Yeah. She's wonderful. And she's got the, you know, um, I mean, d- opinions differ on on season two of Picard, but I'll tell you what, anytime she's on camera, she brings the fire. She is a serious actress, right? I mean, a lot of times people tend to dismiss, you know, people, you know, 
who will look a certain way, but but she's just a remarkable actor. I mean, she really has the chops. She could carry that series, no problem. And come on, like you say, a Fenris Rangers TV series? That would be <laughs> badass, man. That would be so cool. And, and they said that one show would have to end before we get a new one. This is Picard's final season, which means we will see something new in 2023. Yeah, but I love that. I mean, it's just hearing him describe it, right? I love the idea of, uh, you know, I mean, it's so exciting to consider. It's like, wow, she's in Starfleet now. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a whole thing. I mean, that's fascinating to learn about that. I'm, I can't wait. So I think there's a lot of cool components in place here, friends, that, that are very exciting to consider. Very exciting. All right, guys. Well, I have got some news from Star Trek Strange New Worlds here. Woohoo! So, lots Bring of it. Strange New Worlds news, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. So, this is from the from the panel that they did, uh, San Diego Comic Con. So, I've kind of I, I I paraphrased it as much as possible. It's not actually an article. It's just stuff that I pulled off of. So, uh, Mount hinted how Pike will be different in season two. Now that he's been visited by an alternate older version of himself and reached some degree of acceptance about his fate, I would say he's more resolute after the finale of season one, said Mount. He tried out the idea of having his cake and eating it too, and it didn't work out. And strangely, when he realizes there's no honorable way out, that's a relief. The older Pike made it very clear you still have a choice. But to somebody like Pike, it isn't a choice. So this is a choice that almost makes itself, and it is a tremendous relief. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. His job now is to make every day count as much as possible. There's a lot of freedom in that. Season 2 of Strange New Worlds will have a crossover episode with Star Trek Lower Decks, the beloved animated series. The next generation of alumni, Jonathan Frakes, will direct that episode, which will see animated protagonists appear in live action roles. Lower deck stars Jack Quaid, who play Ensign Beckett Mariner and Ensign Brad Boimler, crashed the Strange New Worlds panel to make the announcement. We're going to stress them out, Newsom explained to the Enterprise crew. We'll see you guys in outer space. So we will see live action versions of both of them but but that's not all we are also going to see an animated version of pike on lower deck so <laughs> wow. it, i i i think because lower deck starts next month yeah next month yep about a month from now uh, we more than likely we'll see an animated pike on lower decks long before we see live action Boimler and um huh. and Marin on Strange New World. So that's something to look forward to. And uh I think I don't know how they're gonna do it. Is it gonna be time travel? Is it gonna be a holodeck? I don't know how they're gonna work it in because they are in different time zones, obviously. But the multiverse. Wow. <laughs> the multiverse. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Well, I'll be sure. interested to see if they take Jack Quaid's hair and like dye it purple, right? Boimler has yes. that weird like purple hair. <laughs> yeah, they are. What's the name of they, the uh, of the doctor? Doctor Plum Lower Decks. Oh, oh, uh, the cat. Uh, yeah. Oh, what is her name? Uh, oh man, I call, 
Because yeah, uh, uh, I'm looking. Anna. I need a. I need a live action cat doctor, man. Like in the worst way. That's that's yeah. butter. <laughs> to, to Anna, played by Jillian Vigman. That'd be yeah, so great. She's great. She That'd is be great. So, so yeah, so we're we will see them live action. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, also from that same panel, Paul Wesley, who plays Kirk, was quickly distinguished that the Kirk we saw in season one finale isn't the Kirk we should expect to see in season two. Ah. I'm excited for people to see the version of Kirk, he said. There's more levity, and it's exciting to see that. He's growing into the character we know, not an alternate reality captain like the one we saw in season one. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay. So that's what Paul Wesley had to say about Captain Kirk. I tried to get a little encouraging, man. So he still can have a chance bit. to speak dramatically, is what you're saying. He may be the Kirk we know and love. He could no. still gain some weight, eat a sandwich, and tear his shirt. It could happen. Why your own business, Mrs. Spock? I'm sick of your half-breed interference. Do you hear? Yeah. <laughs> And he could insult all the Star Trek fans at the same time. You never know. Oh, oh my God. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Spock hinted that his character's turbulent relationship with his heritage is still in flux, as is his turbulent love life. We'll see Spock wrestle with his human side a little more. Peck explained he will keep exploring his emotions and that will lead to some impact in his relationships. Hmm. We're talking about uh, mm. the baby nurse chapel and, and uh, the pring maybe. Yeah, super That's, interesting, dude. Wow. Very, very interesting. Um, also, uh, season two is shaping up to be downright golden for Star Trek baddies. Costume designer Bernadette Croft teased a cool redesign for an alien species, leading to speculation that it may be the Klingons getting the big glow up, <sighs> given Pike and Mbenga's history with the famously contentious warmongers. Meanwhile, executive producer Henry Alonzo Myers all but confirmed the return of season one standout Captain Angel, Patel, an intergalactic pirate who would become a recurring villain. That was the idea to create a charismatic villain who steals the show and who we want to see again and again, he said. We would love to see more of Angel. Absolutely. Along with Angel comes, dun, 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 dun. My favorite, Cybok. Cybok, Angel, and Spock's estranged half-brother, whose unexpected comeback in Strange New Worlds made major waves with Star Trek fans. Viewers saw only the back of Cybok's head, but Myers confirms we haven't seen the last of him. When and if we see Cybok again, we will see his face. Absolutely, he promised. Though some fans may have groaned at Cybok's shocking return, given that the character originates from the best Star Trek movie ever made, Star Trek V. <laughs> no doubt Myers and his fellow producers brought back Cybok for more than just a cameo. And I hope we see him a lot more. That character has got so much going on. I'm really psyched for that. 
So moving on to a character we just talked about, uh, Ortegas, Navia confirmed what lies ahead for her character in season two. We're going to see more about her background, and we're going to see more about just how important flying the ship is. She said, I know fans want to see more, and I'm just like, hey, just have a little bit of patience. It's coming. She also touched on what's next for the, co- <coughs> for the colloquial bond between Pike and Ortegas, whose humorous rapport has touched fans. I think we're going to see more backstory with Ortegas and Pike, Navia said. What we see now, though, is essentially a captain that trusts his helmsman and vice versa. One thing that fans have pointed out, that Pike frequently refers to her as Erica. Season 2 has completed production and is set to be released in 2023. The jury is still out on just when the new episodes will air next year. And I, I forgot to put in there that, yes, there will be more Gorn in Season 2. They said Gorn will be back and in yet another way. So uh, I don't know what that could be. But the Gorn will be back. Mm. So, my friends, is all the news from Strange New Worlds that I could pull out of their panels. What do you think? You're looking forward to it? It's a good amount. And Strange New Worlds, the next season, sounds amazing. I mean, I I have to say that out of all the Star Trek series that have come out recently, this is the one that has hit the ground running the fastest, I believe. I mean, this this thing was getting tens, uh, you know, ten fan scores right out of the gate. Um, and they just don't seem to be slowing down, which I think is really exciting. There's a lot of really, really great characters, a lot of plot lines we haven't uh, explored yet. And and a captain who, you know, we always said, like before the show came out, we always said, how are they going to do a show about Captain Pike when we already know Captain Pike's final story? And I think they're showing that they can tell interesting stories about his kind of like, psychological acceptance of his fate. Of course, he doesn't know the little secret. He, it actually ends up okay in the end, but all he's seen is the bad side, right? Um, and I, I, I was really nervous that that was going to make the show boring. It absolutely has not. No, he, uh, he's awesome. <laughs> well, we know you and have a man crush say- on him. I mean, look at that hair. I mean, come on. How could you not? It's like the Paramount logo. I saw somebody did a Paramount logo with like his hair instead of the mountain. It was perfect. I loved it. And you know what? They did admit in the panel. They admitted in the panel that they had that fun episode, the the fantasy one. They're doing something similar next season. Yeah. Well, the fact similar. So I had missed Paul and I were chatting about this yesterday. I had missed the fact that they had said that there would be live action versions of Boimler and Mariner. I thought they were going to do like a who framed Roger rabbit kind of thing where they were going to put animation in there, but it sounds like they're bringing the actual actors in to play live action yeah. versions of themselves. So yeah. That's cool. be actually there. And you know what that means? If they, that means that they could have a lower decks movie or a prodigy movie, because if they're going to, if they're going to crisscross them like that, that means they're not restricted to that particular medium, which which is incredible if you think about it. I'm honestly ex- super excited to see Tawny Newsom do Mariner live. Like I, yes. I, I don't know. I yeah. love Tawny Newsom, and she's just so good. And and I just I she just fits that person. Her natural personality is Mariner. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. really, really excited to see that. Well. I- Boimler is 
that is the character. They yeah, said Wayne. in their yeah. panel that they really pulled out their own personalities with that with that show. Totally. Absolutely. And, and Paul, speaking of new shows, you've got a story for us too. Well, you know, Jim, I do. I have a, some interesting news from the man himself, the the nabob of uh, Paramount Plus, Alex Kurtzman, who's confirmed that two new Star Trek shows are currently in development because we know Star Trek Picard will end with its upcoming third season, as we just discussed. And this leaves an opening for another series to fill its place. And according to Alex Kurtzman, who spoke at San Diego Comic-Con, there are two new Star Trek series currently in development. Fans of her talks about a series starring Michelle Yeoh called Section 31. The show would delve deeply into the shady agency that claimed to protect the United Federation of Planets. And we've heard about that for a while. This series has been in development for quite some time, long enough to make some fans question whether or not it's actually going to materialize or if it's stuck in the pattern buffer forever and it's never going to really, like, get down off the pad. So we'll find out. Because, you know, Michelle Yeoh is kind of having a moment, if you know what I'm saying, with all of her notoriety for her films lately. So she's very, very popular. Another series that has been discussed is Starfleet Academy. The development of this series back in February of this year this one would follow cadets as they make their way through the academy and work towards becoming officers in Starfleet. Though these are the two we've heard the most about recently. Back in February, during a Star Trek Strange New Worlds panel, Kurtzman said, there is another one, but they needed to remain tight-lipped about it. Kurtzman said they had to think several years out and that they, meaning Paramount+, Plus wanted new shows on the air two or three years from that point. So they had to start planning those now. At that time, Kurtzman revealed there were a bunch of things in development that they were super excited about. Nicole Clemens, president of the Paramount Plus original scripted series, added that we have some fantastic offerings in our slate, and I think you may see a few more very curated additions coming. Wow, I I really need to learn TV producer speak, because that is just like about as ambiguous and... <laughs> I'm going to say things that make you feel so good, and I'm going to talk about how nimble we are and, and all those things, and I feel really good, and, and we're, we're, we're pivoting, and we're doing all these things, and I feel good and cautiously nimble, and I'm like, wow. I mean, that is some serious corporate speak there, uh, Nicole. Wow. <laughs> So well, like, I guess what the are you one, not saying? <laughs> I, the one thing we can pull out of that was she did use the word curated, so I think she's trying to get across with her corporate speak that they have thought very carefully about all their shows, which I think, uh, like anybody on the Trek Talking team, kind of understands that anyway. Yeah, but I mean, all, it's like eh, yeah. everybody's doing the same thing. They're doing that. I mean, who knows more about how to play this game than the folks over at like Disney Plus, right, and Marvel? But their last two series have like not performed well with fans yeah. and not done well. And they're like, oh god, now what do we do? I mean, everyone's rethinking and having to like you know, scrub the pot out again and start over. It's crazy, right? And well, I think actually is, at the end of the day, Paramount Plus is doing a pretty good job. I mean, they I, are doing I, it. I think, and, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I think they're doing a better job than Disney's doing with Star Wars. I agree. Sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, and, and Disney's two, got the Mandalorian, which is like unstoppable, hopefully, and yeah, super solid, right? Yeah. Really solid. But, you know, a lot of their other stuff has been, you know, fair to middle yeah. in terms of reception, right? But I feel like the you know the the thing about Disney uh, Paramount Plus is they they seem to bring people together who really you know passionately care about being involved and want to do their best and really make it you know 
make enduring content that they they think matters and it really shows on their on their programming and and at least in the star trek universe i feel it shows so so i mean i know kurtzman gets a lot of grief and some people are like get rid of kurtzman but i i don't buy that i think he's you know trying to really you know build on the legacy and and create new shows and i'm hoping maybe one of those shows is uh the previously theorized uh uh, Fenris Rangers thing with Seven of Nine that we talked about. I mean, that would be a hell of a show. I mean, that seems like that's a no-brainer. As far as I think that would be really good. And I honestly think, I think that Starfleet Star Academy could be really good, too. Um, that like Star that one to me is... To, uh, it has to be different. They've said this before, and this is a big contention with Star Trek fans, but every show that we have, none of the current five Star Trek shows are the same. None right. of them. They're all different from each other. Some people hate Discovery. Some people hate Prodigy. Okay, they're all different, and they're all aimed at different people, and they're all made for different people. And in order for Star Trek to be relevant and for Star Trek to thrive, it needs to continue to be that way. They can't be afraid of upsetting this these people. You're never going to make everybody happy. And I think that's the problem that they're having with the other franchise over on the other streaming service is you just have to do what you think is best and go with it. And you're going to yeah. have your fans are going to hate it. It's inevitable. Because you could do a whole new series, a whole new, uh, I mean, it's really interesting to think about the, what you could do with uh, a Starfleet Academy type situation, right? This focusing on, you know, cadets and stuff like that, because you could do all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And then once they're established as characters, then you could branch out and start giving them their own features, right? Where they're, you know, if they're characters who are beloved. Like if you took all the characters right now from uh, Strange New Worlds and you decided, okay, we're going to do a Strange New Worlds feature in theaters, people would show up. Okay, that Absolutely. would be that would that would be a hit because people love those characters and they would show up in math. They could do the same kind of thing with a Starfleet Academy type situation. I just ask it for once, please, of all the different species who've made their way into Starfleet Academy, why is the Magato always forgotten? <laughs> why is he never given a chance to tuck his tail into a pair of uniform pants and put a badge on there and just, you know, do what he could do to help Starfleet together. And I think the Magato, give him a shot. That's because, that's because they're watchers. Haven't you seen Lower Decks? Yeah. I really haven't seen many Lower Decks, Jim. I've okay. only seen like maybe two episodes. So I'm, I'm really new to it. The Lower Decks. They brought the Magato into it. Yeah. Because it was, it was fantastic. Because <laughs> Magato, I mean, that's pretty funny, right? I mean, come on. It it's is. Just like, I can see Absolutely. why they wanted to do that. So yeah. I have my homework cut out for me before the newer Lower Deck starts. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's been a busy year for Paul. Paul, for Paul. I haven't had a chance to, uh, you know, get caught up on my TV as I'd like okay. to. A lot of things right. be- begging for my attention, like better calls all. Well, Charles, uh, I saved the best for last, and I gave it to you. And unfortunately... I think we may have spoiled it already, but go ahead. Take it away. Well, I can add some more to it. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, a crossover with Lower Decks in the Season 2. And anybody, if you get a chance, Paramount didn't release it. People did record it. If you can get out there and see the San Diego panel, watch the opener of Strange New Worlds. Because Boimler and Mariner, who just finished their, finished their panel, 
come up and said, well, where are she? We're supposed to be at this panel, too. And people are going to scratch it, like, what, what are you two talking about? And I love the story that it's Anson Mount who sits there and says, okay, I think I know what this is about. Yes, we get, are getting our crossover, and it's with, they are with us. Paramount Plus announced two of the current Star Trek series will collide in a major crossover event. Planned for a second season of Star Trek Strange New World, featuring stars from the animated economy, con, con, yeah, comedies Lower Deck Strange New World star Anthony Mount reveals the news when Lower Deck star Tony Newsom and Jack Quaid crash his portion of the Star Trek Universe panel. The special crossover episode will feature both live action and animation. Fans can expect to see Ensign Beckett Mariner, voiced by Tony Newsom and Ensign Brad Boimler, voiced by Jack Quaid from Lower Decks, joining the USS Enterprise in Season 2 of Strange New Worlds. As a special feature bonus, Star Trek bonus, the episode is directed by TNG legend Jonathan Frakes. There's no word on when this episode and the second season of Strange New Worlds will arrive besides sometime next year. <clears throat> but it was hilarious to see those two crash the episode. Another character I'd love to see in that episode would be Tindy. Before we run out of I time, guys, would be... mm-hmm. I have to play for you the Lower Deck Season 3 trailer. And then maybe if we have a couple minutes, we can talk about it. Here it is, the Lower Decks trailer. Get to Starfleet. Prepare yourself for warp and excitement. Discover the undiscovered country. The USS Cerritos remains impounded while their captain stands trial. Have you lost your mind? Captain Carol Freeman stands against the ship. Believe this. I wonder how Mariner's taking it. Oh, I'm taking it. Taking it to the limit. Did your time your entrance to say that? What? No. Oh yeah, she did. Starfleet isn't all about being fed fruit by erotic aliens with slightly different nose ridges. I could get real used to this kind of treatment. Sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty. It's on. This is an unauthorized launch. So begins the greatest adventure of your life. Yeah! These broken rocks are reading our nightmares, but I don't like my nightmares. Behold! Ooh. So magical. There's going to be times when you need to make a mess of things before you can fix them. <laughs> I tell him that I have to cut this guy's foot off so we can grow him a new one. Wait, what was that? Whatever happens, <laughs> we're going to be right beside you. We're in this together. <laughs> Let's go. My head. some time. Uh, sir, how, how do we do that? Uh, I don't know. Just circle around and pretend we're in awe of the pylon.
Um, Just keep circling. And there you have it. I just want to point out that there was a voice in there. General Martok shows up as an animated character, which is cool. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you, JG. Okay. Here's an Easter egg. Where, when that, when Kendi and uh, Kendi and him are talking, and Mariner walks in, where are they eating? They're in ten forward. No, they're not. They're at Cisco's. Oh, oh. in New Orleans. Another DS side reference. The restaurant, nice. you see the big sign up there, it's Cisco. It's like, oh. That's cool. Another great reference. So I, want, I wanted to uh, get that trailer in for you guys. We are going to do a Lower Decks podcast because to get ready for season three as well. So uh, we will tear into that and break it all down in a future podcast. But I wanted to get it on for you guys tonight because it came out of San Diego and that pretty much wraps up our show for tonight, guys. Did you guys have fun? Did you, did we you did it. enjoy yourself? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, Very fun You tonight. know, I mean, this was an unscripted kind of just some fans chatting type of a show. But that's cool. We can have fun with that. Yeah. So, you know, I want to say, take this opportunity to say thank you so much to David for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, David. Yeah, you're welcome. This is fun. And, of course, thank you to our very own Paul, the wine guy, for hanging out and Trek talking with us as well. Thank you, Paul. It's great, man. It's fun to think about what's coming. Absolutely yeah, fun time you know, tonight. I got to tell you one thing. I was a little bit disappointed when they said it wasn't going to be Sila. I was a little mm-hmm. disappointed about that. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I got to admit, I was. Yeah, yeah but, you know, I think it's, it's – I, I love the idea that we wouldn't know until it airs. Wouldn't that be great? And then it's just yeah. like a total, yeah. like, stunner. I, I love yeah. not knowing, right? Yeah. And just yeah. The, the, yeah. Then, oh. then the jaw drop happened. Man, that would be yeah. so you know, great they if they could just keep it secret. Be, uh, yeah. It could also be just throwing us off. What if it is, Sheila? It could be Janet Lester, too. You know, who knows? Um, oh, God. <laughs> Shelby. Assimilated Shelby. Yeah, it could be the board queen, it could be Girardi, you know, the board queen. Well, anyways, it could be anybody. Well, thank you for hanging out with us tonight, Paul. We appreciate it. Oh, it was fun, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate the hospitality as always. And thank you so much, Eric, for hanging out and Trek talking with us as well. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. A blast as always, guys. Thanks a bunch. And, of course, thank you to Charles for hanging out with us as well. Thank you so much, Charles. Well, we couldn't make it to San Diego, but we can always do our own San Diego show. That's so right. So much and Trek we, to look forward to. We seem to be doing this every year, it seems, don't we? Which is awesome. Yep. And uh, as a reminder, guys, I want to let you know that on Monday, same bat time, same bat channel, we're going to be talking about fandom toxicity. And I think that's a big topic, and I think a lot of people want to join in on that conversation. So please, Tune in on Monday for that. Um, head over to our Facebook page, Truck Talk and Beyond. Give us a like, give us a follow, so you never miss a podcast. And as always, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying Star Trek fans are the best fans. And please, stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Good night, all. Good night, all.
Let's see what's out there. Engage. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.